Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, Faith. It's such a privilege and an honor to be able to speak to you today, especially talking to you right into your homes, wherever you are right now, sitting there enjoying a coffee or maybe finishing off your breakfast, just relaxing and uh, enduring this lockdown that we have in Melbourne right now. So thank you for inviting me into your home today. And when Pastor Matt asked me to speak today, I was so you know, encouraged to be able to speak to you because uh, I have something that I want to share with you that I think will be a blessing to you today. There is a story in the book of 2 Kings chapter 6, uh, obviously in the Old Testament. And uh, in that story, there's a story of the prophet. And uh, Elisha is being pursued by the king of Syria, and he finds himself in this uh, town. And, and of course, what happens is the king of Syria comes and surrounds the town. You know the story very well. And the servant uh, goes out early the next morning, we are told, and listen to what he says. An army of horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do, the servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed, and open his eyes, Lord, so that he might see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of chariots and horses and fire around about Elisha. Now, you've heard this story before, I'm pretty sure, and you've heard people preach on it before, and I've preached on it before. But where I felt really the Holy Spirit sort of uh, speak to me was over that statement of the servant. When he came outside, and in this translation, which is the NIV, he says, Oh, no. Oh, no. You know, and that struck me. Oh, no. We, we have oh, no experiences. Now, there are various different types of oh, no experiences, aren't there? There's sort of the oh, no experience you have when you sort of spill your coffee on yourself. Oh, no. You know, there's the oh, no experience when someone knocks at the door and you say, oh, no. You know, there's that oh, no experience that uh, escalates in life where it's like, oh, no. Or maybe, oh, no. You know, something more desperate, something that's perhaps more frightening, something that's perhaps a greater disaster. And so, oh no can be very small and it can escalate. I want to talk to you about the oh no moments that are not the spilling the coffee oh no moments, but the greater oh no moments. The oh no that we get when we open that letter in the mail and we say, oh no. When we get that call that gives us the bad news, when we get that surprise when we suddenly understand something we've never understood and seen before. Oh, no. And then when we realize a mistake that we've made or we've lost something that's important to us. Oh, no. Uh, when we break something valuable, the, that sort of oh, no moment, the sort of moment when you lose a friend or lose a job, the sort of oh, no moment when suddenly you find yourself in a place where we have no answers, where we have no solutions, where the problem is beyond our abilities. When, when you hear on the TV that the lockdown has started for the fifth time, and you say, oh no, what am I going to do? How can I spend another lockdown period? It's supposed to be four days or five days. Now it's a week and two weeks. What am I going to do? What am I going to do about my job? What am I going to do about my finances? What am I going to do about my business? It's sort of, that's a big oh no moment, you know. And 
over this last 12 months or so, we have all experienced many oh-no moments that are out of our control. Oh-no moments that we say to ourselves, oh, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. I don't know how I'm going to go through this again. And so you're sitting there today, and perhaps you've had some sort of an oh-no moment. And I want to talk to you. But if you haven't, let me tell you this about life. It'll throw up an oh-no moment to you at any time. There's going to be in our future other times when we just say, oh, no, oh, no. So how do we deal with that? Because it's really part of the fabric of life, this sudden and surprising difficulties that come upon us, these threats that come to us where we feel outnumbered and inferior, where we lack resources, when we feel vulnerable, when we feel surrounded by things or circumstances, even people and enemies and challenges and threats. So how, how do we find, deal with this? Because, you see, this servant, it wasn't his fault. And he was in an oh-no moment for no fault of his own. He was just doing his job, looking after the prophet. He was a, a servant. We don't even know his name. He was just going about his business. And because of his association with his, his master, the prophet, he found himself in a place where he was outnumbered, where he was threatened. His life was in danger. And, and so no fault of his own. Yet life brought to him an oh-no moment. And that can happen to all of us. So let me just talk to you about how to deal with that oh-no moment. Because, you see, when we get to that point where we say, oh, no, we have a couple of options. We can, we can run away. We can surrender. Uh, or we can seek an answer. There's many responses. But notice what the servant did. The servant says, oh, no, my master. So the first thing he did was turn to his master. And, and, and that's the first question we've got to look at here. Who do we look to? in our oh-no moments. This servant looked to his master, and we, in our oh-no moments, need to look to our master, a master far greater than the prophet Elijah. Uh, um, and we look to Christ. We, we look to the Lord. We look to God. And you see, that's our first, first response, is we are looking to the Lord. We, we're not looking to ourselves. We know we know we're inadequate. We know we can't deal with this. We know that we lack resources. We know that we're going to be in some trouble here. That's why we said, oh, no. But we can look for help. And where do we look for help? We look to help from the Lord. That's why I love what David says. He says in Psalm 121, verse 2, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. What a great statement. Where does your help coming from? Does it from, come from yourself, from your family maybe, from others? Nice, but there's a greater help for you, and that's the help of the Lord. David said in Psalm 97, Unless the Lord had been my help, verse 17 says, My soul would soon have settled in silence. In other words, it would be all over. I'd be wiped out if the Lord had not been my help. So, Look to the Lord first. That's the first lesson we learn from here, that the Lord should be our first call in times of oh-no moments rather than our last call. It should be, oh, no, my Lord. Oh, no, oh, Christ, help me. Oh, God, be with me. First response needs to be bring the problem to God. Call upon our Lord. Now, the second thing that happens here is interesting because the prophet prayed that the servant's eyes would be opened. But the point is, his eyes were open. He wasn't walking around with his eyes shut. His eyes were very open, and that's why he saw the problem. 
he saw something that was terrifying to him. He saw something that he didn't want to see. His eyes were open. So the prophet's prayer wasn't a prayer of open his eyes to just see in the natural. It was open his eyes to see beyond the natural. Give him a capacity, give him a vision, give him an insight to see what his natural eyes could not see. In other words, the prophet says, God, give this man a new perspective. Add a spiritual perspective to his sight. Give him another viewpoint, a viewpoint from the heavenly, rather than just a viewpoint from the earthly, the natural, and the carnal. And see, when we have an oh-no moment, uh, we need to have a spiritual perspective on that, because if we're going to look at it only in the natural, then we're going to be despairing. Then we're going to be troubled and anxious and worried, and, and we're going to feel that there's no answer. And we're going to feel that we should give up and quit and run and put our head in the sand. And There's all sorts of responses when you're just looking at it in the natural with our own inadequacies. But when we have another perspective, when we see it with a spiritual perspective, when we overlay the natural with the supernatural and see just past the things that our natural eye sees, then we open our eyes to the unseen world. And there is our hope. There is our answer. There's the solution that God has got for us. So we need to have the sight of faith here. We need to have the sight of the supernatural. The question with this is, you see, if we're going to go beyond our natural sight, and we need to see with supernatural sight, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you see impossible problems through the eyes of faith? How do you see our lack of resources, our uncertain future, the multitudes of problems that are around us? How do we see that with eyes of faith? See, well, there is a way of doing this. You see, Elijah's prayer for this guy was open his eyes that he might see a spiritual dimension. You see, we need to understand that when we look to the Word of God, which is where our eyes are going to be opened, that there is another dimension to be seen. There are weapons of warfare that are not carnal, the Bible says. There is a whole armor of God that we cannot see that we can apply to ourselves. We have a place of influence with God, seated in heavenly places. We are under God's protective wings. All these things and many more are described for us in the Scripture about what we cannot see, but what is a spiritual reality for us. So we need to turn away from our major focus on the natural, and we need to have another focus, which is the focus of faith on the unseen, which we, which we find in the Word of God itself. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Now, you can't do that by just saying, oh, I'm going to look for something that can't be seen. That can only be done by looking at the Word of God. When we look at the Word of God, there is something which cannot be seen, but where we can fix our eyes and look to the Word of God rather than be taken up with what's happening in the natural. That's why Hebrews 11:27 says, It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, he kept right on because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. 
And that's what we do. If we want to not be fearing about what's happening, if we want to be moving forward despite the opposition and the difficulties and the oh no that we've just experienced, then we have to move our eyes from that problem situation, from what's going on around, and we need to look into the Word of God, and we need to fix our eyes there and see in the Word of God the promises of God that are going to be the solutions to our problem. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, Hebrews 11.1 1 says. The evidence of things not seen. So faith sees what is not seen by looking at the promises of God. That's what Abraham did. In Romans 4.21, when we're told he was fully convinced that what had been promised, he was able to perform. And that's where we arrive here. Are you fully convinced that what God is promising in the Word of God, that God is able to perform in your life? If you are, then your eyes are opened to see spiritual reality. Are you fully convinced that the promise of God for your blessing, the promise of God for your protection, the promise of God of His presence in your life, the promise of God that you have weapons that you can use that are not carnal, the promise of God that says that He is your healer. Are you fully convinced that those promises God is able to perform? Are you believing for those promises? Are you receiving those promises? Are you focused on that promise rather than on the pro problem that surrounds you? So we need, if we want our eyes open, to look into the Word of God. And the Word of God opens our eyes to the promises of the Word of God. And, and unseeing eyes bring to us fear and concern. But the seeing eyes bring to us peace and confidence. And unseeing eyes can make us feel inadequate and powerless and vulnerable. But when we look into the Word of God with eyes that see the Word of God, then we're not going to be inadequate because we have a God that's greater than us, one on whom we can depend, our help in times of trouble. And we're going to feel not inadequate, small and powerless, but we're going to feel powerful because we have His strength and we're going to feel that victory is ours because we are more than conquerors. So unseeing eyes will lead, lead us into captivity and defeat. But when we see by looking into the Word of God, we won't be in captivity but freedom. And we won't be defeated but victorious. So we need then to open our eyes of faith and see what the Word of God promises. Open eyes to see the possibilities of the promises of God for your problem and your situation today. Whatever your problem is now, look into the Word of God. Look into His promises and have an unswerving faith that what God has said, God will do, and it's happening right now in your life. In your oh no moments, open your eyes to the promises of the Word of God. Now, when that had happened and the, the, the young fella, who I'm assuming he's a young fella, the servant's eyes are opened and, and he sees all of that. Wow, that's fantastic. But notice what else is said. Not just that you see what's going on, but that you know something. And the prophet said to him, do not be afraid. Hmm? Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. So here's an interesting thing, you see. It's not just seeing it, but it's knowing something. Knowing about what you see. Knowing when you see the promises of word of, of God, what do you know? And, and the prophet said this. He said, God is always greater. Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more greater than, more in number, more powerful. That's what that means. 
that, that whatever, by whatever measure you measure your problem, there is a God who is greater than it, more than it, more powerful than it, has more resources than it, has more wisdom than it, ha- has more strength than it. And that's what the prophet is saying here. We've got a God who is always the greater. He's the greater one. So God is unchanging. His power, and as such, is always greater. So he's the greater one for us. So no matter what you're looking at, what the problem is, no matter what its size, no matter what its strength, no matter what its complexity, God is greater than it. That's a starting point here of, of the life of faith. God is greater than all of this. That's why Jesus said to his disciples in 1 John 4, 4, he says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? How did they overcome them? Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He's always greater. He has greater grace. He has greater love. He has greater power. He has greater mercy. He has greater understanding. He has greater care. Whatever it is that you need, God is the greatest one of all. And no matter where you turn, wherever you're turning, if you're not turned to God, you get something that's less than great. You're getting the inferior. You're not getting the best. So can we see that when we look to God and take the promises of God's word and focus on them, put our sight on them, weave that into our perspective of what's going on around about us. And when we see that, can we see that the one who is greatest is there as our resource for us? So in the place that looks like you are defeated, You have a God that's greater than that defeat. In the place that looks like there's no one with you, you have a God that's greater than your loneliness with his presence. And when you look at the forces standing against you, how many there are, when you look at that, understand that the God who is with you is greater than all those who stand against you. So don't look at the problem, how big it is, how impossible, how terrifying it is. See, we have to see his greatness in this. We have to see that God is always greater. He has greater grace, greater love, greater power. He's always the greatest ones. So we come to a point here that's, I think, very important because, you see, the prophet says that the one who is greatest is with us. So I want to suggest to you here, a small little suggestion, pick a side. What? There are sides? Yeah, there's sides, and you have to pick a side. Now, do you remember when you were a kid picking a side? Do you remember when somebody comes to you and says, which team do you support? You've picked a side. Now, sometimes you may regret your choices. I mean, I picked Carlton. And, you know, in Victoria, once you pick Carlton, you're Carlton forever, right? Uh, and I regret that choice. I've regretted it for many years. But, uh, you know, you're not supposed to change it. You picked a side, right? But I did pick Melbourne Storm, and I'm very glad that I did do that because I picked a winning side, and I'm, I'm happy to stay with them. See, we pick sides. We pick sides in life, not just with football teams. We pick sides at work, in conflicts. We pick sides at home, uh, you know, when people are having arguments. We, we pick sides. And, and what is happening here is that God, you know, has brought out two opposing forces now. There's Elijah, and on one side the army of the Syrians, and on the other side, God's army. And what this servant needs to do is uh, pick a side. Which side are you on? You see, because God has picked a side. And the wonderful thing about God when he picked a side was, he picked your side. He chose us. 
And when God says, I am with you, he then was saying, I am against them. I'm with you. So that means I'm going to support you. I'm going to barrack for you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to help you. And, and these guys, well, I'm not with them. I'm with you. So God chose us. Isn't that wonderful? So let me say again, it's not so much a fact that we chose God, but powerfully that God chose us. That's the most important thing of all, you know. So don't be afraid, Elijah said. God has chosen you. He's chosen your side. He's going to be on your side. He's going to be for you. He's going to support you. He's going to help you. He's going to resource you. So the size of your problem will, re will only reveal to you really how big God is. You've got a big problem? You're going to know a big God. So you've got a little problem? Don't think God is little. And don't think God can do this, but he can't do that. Because he's greater than everything. If God can fix a little problem, he can fix all problems. If God helped you yesterday, he can help you forever. Because he's greater than everything. So your biggest problem right now should be brought to God. Bring it to him. And understand that he's bigger than that. Amen? He's bigger than your biggest problem. Stay on the winning side. Stay with the God who chose to help you. To be on your side. The God who is greater than everything. Open your eyes to what's in the Word of God. Claim those promises. Take them as your own. Weave them into what you see and understand of what's happening around about you. And God will bring you through to victory and success. Well, I hope it's been a blessing for you today. And I'd like to pray with you because I know that God is with you right now. And whatever your problem, and I know we're all experiencing problems of different sorts right now, that God is going to be with us. He's chosen us. He's going to bring us out. We're going to be victorious. Why? Because we've got a God that's greater than all of our problems. Amen. Shall we pray together? Father, wherever we are right now, whatever we're doing, I pray that your presence would be revealed to us, that we would sense and know that you are here with us right now. In the midst of our difficulty, you're there. In the midst of, our, of the threats, Lord, you surround us with your presence and you protect us. In the middle of our need, you are there to provide for us and to send, Lord, to our very needs and to supply our every need. Father, we just pray right now for everybody listening to this that you would just bless them, put your hand upon them, comfort them, strengthen them. Let them know your abundant love. Let them know your grace that is without limit. Let them know your power which can flow into them and strengthen their lives. And let them be refreshed in their spirit, Father, and let their faith be strong. Because, Father, out of this place, they're going to move forward into greater things, greater blessing, greater victory. And I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.